In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, uh, we're going to talk about something fun, sex. That's S-E-X, if, in case you didn't hear me the first time. And we have a very special guest. Um, uh, stay not, tuned. You're not going to want to miss this. Not the number? We're not talking about the no, number no, sex? No, no, Sex. Oh, okay. Not sex. All right. Sex. All right. So yeah, make sure you stay because I have a very special guest and, and it's going to be a great episode um, for both men and women. So make sure you stay with us. Uh, we will be right back. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What is going on, my friends? This is David Wright, and we are back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast. Woo-hoo! We are here in downtown Detroit at the podcast Detroit, Detroit Studios. <laughs> say Detroit it's one Detroit. more time. I, I, I always have to say it a few times. Um, Matt Fox is with me. I he am is, always. He is uh, handling the board and, and the computers and the sound and all kinds of good stuff. So. I'm happy to do it. I'm happy you're here. So yeah, we're here, we're here at the Detroit Shipping Company. Um, in case you guys don't know, I've, I've probably said it numerous times since we've been in the studio. It's a great place. If you want some good food, come down here. They got they got three or four, no, more than that, five, six different places you can grab food from. Yeah, such a faux pas. I'm sitting here eating oh, no, and doing man, a show no, at you the can, same you time. You can eat because, uh, yeah, you don't have to talk. I mean, well, you could. but Well, I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't been to the Detroit Shipping Company, I'll plug them. Uh, maybe they'll bring us up some drinks or something if they're if they're listening. Game on. So anyway, let me tell you, folks, where you can find me. My website is MotorCityHypnotist.com. On the website, you'll find my podcast page with all of our episodes, going back to number one because this week we are on episodes ninety-seven and ninety-eight. As far as where we're recording, I know those of you listening to the podcast are getting episode ninety-seven as I'm talking to, on this one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're we're we're, almost, we're close to a hundred. We're going to have to do something special for that one. You're going to have to do something. I, I'll have to think about that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, on my also on my website page, you're going to find updates regarding my, and I'll get to the details in a moment regarding my upcoming published book, which is. You know, fingers crossed, I get it back from my editor soon. So find me on social media. My Facebook and YouTube are both Motor City Hypnotist and on Twitter and Instagram, which are both Motor City Hypno. And as usual, in every episode, I'm giving away a free hypnosis guide, a free PDF with all kinds of information about hypnosis, how it works, myths and misconceptions, everything you probably wanted to know. Um, So look for that link in the show notes and pick up your copy if you've not done so already. Um, And the most important thing is wherever you're listening, whatever podcast platform you're using, whether it be Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, uh, iTunes, subscribe, or if you're on iTunes, you now have to follow. Mm -hmm. Either way, subscribe or follow, and please leave a review. That would help me out tremendously. And if you're on Pandora, it is now considered collect. Oh, oh, Pandora changed as well. Collect. I I, I just figured that out. Collect. Mm -hmm. That seems kind of odd. I know. It's it's like a Pokemon or something. Apparently. Yeah, that that seems weird to me. (laughs) 
I mean, hypno, hypno. Okay. I ain't listening to you no more. <laughs> yeah, Pandora. Hypno, hypno. I ain't listening to you no more. <laughs> so yeah, wherever you are, subscribe, follow, collect, whatever the thing is you're supposed to do on your podcast platform to like me, do it. Uh, and leave a review. That would be, again, very helpful. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Empower Your Mind for Success, A Hypnotic Guide. It is my upcoming book that is in right now the editing process. And again, fingers crossed, we'll have this thing edited and published within 30 days from now. As That's my goal in my head. I don't know if that's realistic or not, but it is on its way. In fact, I just posted on my um on my Facebook today, just a, a, a kind of a teaser of the cover and I already got a lot of interaction. So uh, people are waiting for it and I will keep you up to date about that. But um, yes, uh, be ready. Uh, as soon as I get it back from my editor, I, I got to get it moving. Yes, you do. I do. So it's time, Matt, for our winner of the week. All right. That's how winning is done. I was waiting for this all we, week. We, we get a, I do a lot of stories on. Well, I mean, really, what else is there except for people and animals? But this is a really weird one. Do you know that they have they have made an invention to cure hiccups? Okay, scientists have made an invention to cure hiccups. Hey, Dave. Yeah. Boo. Uh, did Boo. that work? Yeah, no. Yeah, oh, it's, okay. it's, it's like scaring or holding your breath or, or pushing in your diaphragm. What, there, there are a lot of things that could work. but So so they've made an actual straw. And, and I'll try to – there's a diagram, and I'll leave the link to this story in the show notes as usual. But it is – this. it's an L-shaped drinking straw that requires a suction and swallow motion – and funny that we're talking about sex today, <laughs> kind of off topic that's there. I but... got a snickered over here. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. That's our winner of the week this week. But the straw <laughs> requires a suction and swallow motion and is available as a product for around 15 bucks. So the way it works is they're, they're, you, have to, you have to suck and swallow at the same time. But that motion it prevents that that um, the, the the contractions of the muscles that cause hiccups. I, I get it. It's, I it's, understand. Yeah, they said it's ninety two percent effective. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, it's. I I just ran across this story. Just I don't know. I was wasting time on online doing nothing really, and I <laughs> who thought, in, what they, who they invented can, it? Does it say? It's a. Um, uh, let me get to the. Because that's kind of like the person that built... It's, it's, it's called Hickaway. Hickaway? <laughs> H-I-C-C-Away, and mm-hmm. it's available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, the straw is placed inside a glass of water. A pressure valve in the bottom of the straw blocks water from moving upward as fast as the strength of the human-generated suction would normally allow. This causes the phrenic nerve to activate all of the diaphragm's capacity while swallowing uses something called the vagus nerve. Yeah. And again, it's... Ninety-two percent effective. That—that's an invention. At curing that's, hip, hiccups. That invention is kind of like the spot between the eraser and the pencil. It's just—it's <laughs> a—it's just one of those things that you don't think about. Is how does it get made? And there right. it is. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So I mean, if you guys want to look for that, I'll have the link in the show notes <laughs> for that as well. I, I just thought it's, it's kind of fascinating. Just keep a few of those around. And, and in all seriousness, some people have suffered hiccups for like weeks yeah. or months at a time. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I've seen stories of people that suffer for years from it. So. That's, uh, the hiccups are not fun. No, absolutely. So not. anyway, that I mean, 
and it really doesn't say who invented this, but I'm sure you could you could uh, on the story. Oh, universe, University of Texas Health Science Center. Is, oh, even better, has something to do with it. So, yeah. so yeah, look look that link up. The link will be in the show notes. And, only, uh, yeah, there's only two things that come out of Texas. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> That's our winner of the week. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So I'm excited now. Okay. So let me tell you, I have a special guest today. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about her. My special guest is an award-winning and leading international hypnotist, hypnotherapist, and hypnosis trainer. She was awarded the title Hypnotist of the Year in 2019. She has a hypnosis practice located in Huddersfield, Yorkshire, where she works with clients on a wide range of issues, including anxiety, IBS, fertility, childbirth, trauma, and PTSD. My guest specializes in sexuality, sexual dysfunction, and sexual freedom. She has been featured in the National Health Magazine's online health articles, radio, and television. She is the creator and founder of Sexual Freedom Hypnosis and has her own show on the Hypnosis 24-7 network called Trancing in the Sheets. Now, she's here for this reason. My guest has just published her brand new book, Woman, How to Find, Understand, and Embrace Your Sexual Pleasure. Ah. Uh, I'm going to say it one more time, Gas, because I'm going to make sure I get the title right. Woman, <laughs> how to find, understand, and embrace your sexual pleasure, which is available on Amazon right now. So I want to welcome to the show, Kaz Riley. Woo! Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So long story short... Um, Kaz, I don't know if you remember, we pro- we met at Hypno Thoughts one year. Uh, I've missed the last couple, of course, because uh, last year was uh, was COVID year. But um, mm-hmm. it's been a while uh, since we've actually been face to face. But um, we are Kaz and I. Have, uh, we're we're in a uh, what we call a. Uh, our, our writing group, our book group, and and so we've we've reconnected there a little bit. So um, um, I I've read her book. I and let me tell you, I picked it up the ebook on Wednesday night. I was done by Thursday, and and. And I'm just, I, I'm going to like Kaz, why don't you start out? And I'm just going to start with, t- tell us a little bit about what this book is and what you ins- what inspired you to write it. Okay, well, I, I've been going to write a book for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, it's always on everybody's kind of list of stuff to do, isn't it? It is. But the, the thing that really, the catalyst really for it was, was COVID hit. And um, I put out um, on my on my YouTube channel, Chanting in the Sheets, um, a lot of videos, one of which was called The Big O, which was about helping uh, women overcome something anorgasmia, which is the inability to have an orgasm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, normally, you know, my, my channel, it's only a little channel, maybe, you know, I've got 2000 subscribers, you know, I get a few hundred, maybe a few thousand kind of watches. And this one think today it's had 80,000 views yes and I have been inundated <laughs> from women across the globe all through this pandemic I think the pandemic's probably made a lot of sexual issues much more obvious because people have been locked down together so right. they can't hide away from each other mm-hmm. and um and you know I thought right well this is you know the, you know this is the book I need to write so it's kind of broader than that because what I realized with a lot of the women that I work with is that they don't have, they've never been taught how their own bodies work. And if you don't know how your own body works, it's really hard to use it, isn't it? You know, especially sure. when it comes to something like this. So, um, so now we have a book. 
Here it is. Which is know, fantastic. I'm, I'm so excited. So I, I saw you on Facebook and I saw the books come in and you're, you got your box, your Amazon box, and I saw you cut it open and take that book out. It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What you didn't see was uh, the tears that came after oh. one slight disbelief. <laughs> And well, the other, well, that's even better. Um, that's I mean, awesome. So yeah, yeah. Just a, it's been a really awesome day because, of course, you know, you you write a book, you hope it will do quite well. Mm -hmm. You know, it's only the first day, but you know, today we're ranked number three. Yes, in uh, human sexuality on Amazon, which is beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah, so, I, uh, I, I I know. I saw your post earlier, and I actually I actually pulled it up here so we could talk make sure we talked about that you're number three yeah. in human sexuality and your book has been out for what two days two days yeah two days yeah fantastic that is awesome congratulations so Thank so you. i know kaz in general you you've 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 kind of I, I'm, I'm gonna say specialize i guess that's the right word for it you've, you've kind of mm -hmm. always specialized in sexuality and specifically with women and and did you feel like there was just like 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 you're trying to reach women and, and get them the, the truth, I guess, or get them help or get them to realize that they can improve their sexual um, confidence, their, 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 their sexual beings. Is, is that kind of the goal of this? Kind of. I mean, it's, it's, although the book is called Woman, it's mm -hmm. aimed at women and men, but specifically at women, because that area, you know, has been so underserved and actually, you know, it wasn't until the early 2000s that female sexual function even had its own classification. You know, it was after Viagra, after mm -hmm. all this kind of other stuff where, you know, people actually sat back and researchers kind of went, hey, do you know what? Maybe men and women aren't the same when it comes to this. Maybe, you know, some of the information that we've got or we've believed, that's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes when we research things, especially psychological things, mm -hmm. that, you know, we often find what we want to find, don't we, rather sure. than what really is. Yeah. So, you know, so it really to kind of give women the information that they need on many levels. So that's, you know, kind of a physical stuff, but also the psychological stuff. And this to kind of get, a, get away from this idea that, you know, when we've got research that's telling us that, you know, 80% of women have situational anorgasmia, we've got to really question that that can't possibly be right. We can't be dysfunctional. 80% of women can't be dysfunctional. That just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. But that's what the belief has been for, for, for many, many years because that's what the research says. Wow. And, you know, we've maybe got a question what's been going on behind all of this. Absolutely. So we're going to get into some 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 specifics about the book, because I, I, like I said, mm -hmm. I, I, I knocked it out. And for those of you out there who are men, believe me, I've been a therapist for almost 30 years now, and uh, men need to read this book because they will learn a lot. Uh, I mean, you if, don't you wanna, say. if you want to learn about women, th this is a book for you. Okay. Uh, and, and understanding exactly, I, I mean, so much great information in here, but this this book is not just for women. It is for men, especially that that they will benefit as well. So, so let me ask you. There's a couple things in the book that kind of struck me, and I took some notes because I, I, I actually I just I just contacted Cash yesterday to be on the show, and I was hoping. Oh, I know it's late notice. I hope she can do it because her book just came out. So, um, so you talked in the book, Cash, about the swinging '60s and the sexual revolution and. And 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 I I, I had this I, I'm thinking of my question do you, do you feel like that do you feel like that progress that was made has regressed for women since then? 
Yes and no. I mean, the swinging 60s, there's a lot of progress that was made, i.e., you know, it was kind of the contraception revolution, wasn't it? You know, that's when the mm -hmm. pill first became available. But alongside that also came this kind of new, this kind of reemergence re of a lot of slut shaming, this idea that, you know, women now we wouldn't be able to control ourselves or our sexuality. And, you know, that was going to be very dangerous. And what would happen to society if that happened? So I think, you know, it was definitely the start of the sexual revolution, if you like, or evolution is probably a better word. Yes. And that certainly carried on. But I think there's lots of things there that have, you know, kind of put obstacles and blocks in the way about how people view sex in general. And that that that's a lot to do with the Internet, actually. You know, that's mm -hmm. a lot to do with the information that's out there or the misinformation that's out there and the accessibility to things like pornography. And I'm certainly not anti-porn. Everything has got its place, right. you know. You know, So we're not saying that. But what we've got to remember, you know, I've got two teenage boys and, you know, I've sat them down and had a very serious conversation with them about this isn't real. You know, mm -hmm. this is made up just like yep. Jurassic Park is made up and Spider-Man is made up. Yes. And the sad thing is, is that a lot of people, even though they know that, they don't necessarily believe it and you know what good sex looks like and how both men and women should perform and react right is now very much what people are watching and um, it's it's misinformation it's no different to a million conspiracies theories that are out there mm -hmm. at the moment you know it's just incorrect information so i think we maybe have lost some momentum but i do think that you know the world is waking up to female sexuality and to look at it in its own right rather than just kind of lumped in and as in sexuality right in, in one big thing yeah yeah which makes sense and, and 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 actually one of my questions a little bit later on was was the like the the uh the perception of porn and how that has changed maybe both men and women's expectations of what sex should be and how it should be mm. Yeah, and I think what's happened with kind of modern day, when we think about, you know, I, I'm 48 this year. So, mm -hmm. you know, when I was younger, you know, pornography was, it was the old VHS cassette that would get passed around, you know, <laughs> yeah. from person to person. And, you know, it was the other magazine or, or, or even, you know, my husband talks about how he would look at, um, you know, kind of things like the the Little Woods or the catalogs, you know, look oh, at the kind absolutely. of, kind I, of I, underwear yep. session and all that kind of stuff. How do you and, fix you know, the tracking what, what, on what, the VHS tape? How do you fix the tracking? Tracking! <laughs> tracking! <laughs> how to rewrite all that kind of stuff. But it's that, you know, what that made us do was use our imagination. So we might take an image and then we would use our imagination. Whereas now that's the bit, it's the eroticism part of it that's yes, gone because I, because there's no really there's not there's no mystery anymore it's all just laid out there yeah. and and i remember because well, I'm, I'm i'm older than you Kaz, so i i remember waiting for that sports illustrated swimsuit issue to come out every january <laughs> that was like a that was like a national holiday for me <laughs> kathy uh, ireland was my favorite yeah she was a good one so, so as far as, and, and just a heads up people, if you've been listening this far, just stay with me, but, but we are, we're, we're going to use some, some language that might be sensitive, but, but listen, because this is all very, 
important and and it's it's and I'm I'm going to reemphasize it's the, the, these are the things that people get kind of ashamed of or embarrassed about and that's the whole point of of having Kaz on is that we want to change this perception and not be afraid to talk about things like this. Um, so what I, I I'll go right into it. There there's a big section in your in your book and 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 again this yep. is this is one of the most hated words by a lot of women the word cunt. So tell me, yep. because it, it, it's so, because it's fascinating in the book, the whole history of this. And, I, and I, I'd like you to, to, well, one, why you decided to include that, why you felt it was important, and really what that, what's the meaning behind that that has turned so negative towards women nowadays? Okay, so people really shy away from the word cunt, don't mm-hmm. they? And, you know, it, it holds a lot of power now for not good reasons. You know, it's seen as like the, the most offensive yep. word in the English language. Right. And yet, you know, when I explain the origins to my clients and, and as I'm going to kind of just explain to the people that are listening and watching now, sure. it actually comes from a very, very powerful place. Um, that was, you know, was the, the reason why it's now the word that it is, is be- was really about the disempowerment of women. So, you know, we had the goddess Kunti, who, you know, was worshipped and revered, you know, the goddess of female sexuality and sensuality. Um, if you were in kind of olden English times, if you were really ill, if you were in real trouble, if you needed like the most wisdom you could find from somebody, you would go and visit the cunts. That's what the kind of the wise old woman was called. And, you know, people would trek for days to go and have an audience with the cunt. Mm-hmm. And over years, for some reason, you know, it was really when Christianity kind of really took over. Mm-hmm. And we're not, we're not religion shaming here. Let's just right. be very clear. Right. But then it became the cuntist diaboli, which meant diabolical cunt. So uh. it was kind of stripping away. You know, we went from a from a kind of a matriarchal society to a patriarchal one. And that's where that all started to kind of disappear. Mm, so, yeah. you know, when I, when I, I'm very careful about where I use the word cunt because <laughs> right. you know, people are often quite shocked, Sure, but I, I always like to kind of tell people, do you know where this word came from actually? And actually a lot of people like to take it back and say, well, actually let's, let's not have, the most offensive word in the in the in the English language, which is a slang term for female genitalia. Sure. How can that be? How can something so amazing, so wonderful, be offensive? Right, and, and and that's why I wanted to bring that up because that's a great section in the book that that is is it, and you're right. It's it's stripping. It's taking the power away from the woman, and and then the word itself is just again, it's so hated by a lot of women and. If you don't understand the origins, that's this whole part of being aware and 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 giving power to yourself. And um, so, yeah, I I really thought that was important to kind of address that and look at that. Um, so so speaking of being being disconnected in your book, you state a lot of people are just disconnected from their bodies and and just even the the idea of pleasure. And I know a lot of that. It's, it's experiences or what people have been told. So mm. for you in your book, you, 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 you talk about, you know, how to reconnect with your body and how to reconnect with pleasure. But what, and, and I know this is a very general question. I'm sure there are a lot of contrib- contributing factors, but what do you think the main cause of, of that disconnection is for women? Is it experiences? Shame. Is it history? Is mm. it, is it shame? Yeah. Shame. Absolutely. You mm. know, and it's shame 
from so many sources, you know, it always nearly always goes back to shame, whether that's shame about their bodies, shame that was put upon them, you know, young children, for example, always find their genitals and find that it's pleasurable. Um, you know, both boys and girls are shamed for that, but girls tend to be even more so than boys mm -hmm. do. You know, boys, it's kind of like, oh, boys will be boys. Look what right. he's found, you know. Yep. You, you really shouldn't do that when you're alone with girls. Often it's like, oh, mate, you know, you shouldn't do that. It's dirty. And that's that first seed of doubt that's there. And then, you know, those seeds get watered by nice girls don't. Um, what You'll get a reputation. Mm -hmm. What will people think of you? Don't you dare bring shame on this family. Um, you know, right the way through to you should be sexual. Then when you're not, if we, if you're not looking sexy, then there's something wrong with you. If you are, then you're a slut. I mean, it's just it's, it's like a, a no-win situation. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. If 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 you're if you're dressing too sexy, then you're a slut. If you're not dressing sexy enough, you're frumpy and frigid. It's it's like there's no win in a lot of times for women. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a shame. And then, and then, of course, if they've not been able to do something, or one of the biggest things that I see is shame about not being able to do something sexually. So the big one, which you may you may ask me about, is not being able to orgasm through penetration alone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see a lot of women, that they're, they're full of shame about that. And they're ashamed of how that makes their partner feel, which right. is really interesting. That's often the thing that they will bring them to my office and is because they can't do it and it's making their partner feel bad. Right. It's really interesting, isn't it? it well, it is because they're, they're in, in, in that's the whole dynamic of a relationship is that both people have feelings and both people have reactions and trying to mesh those. I mean, just think about it. Just, just meshing two people in, in just a social way or a mental or if, it, mm -hmm. but, but then you add sex into it, how much more complicated those feelings and, and those reactions and, and that, that yeah, becomes very difficult to navigate for a lot of people. Because they don't know what to do. That's the problem. They, 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 they people. They might try to communicate, but but if you if you don't know, and I'm going to reemphasize what I've read in your book. If you don't know yourself, how can you express to your partner what you want? Exactly. Like, like if how do you if if you don't know what you like, how do you how can you express that to your partner? Absolutely, and even things like you know. Well, even, you know, if you don't have the words, you know, there's sometimes now, you know, we're just starting to get words for, for different things, you know, different types of penetration, for example. Mm -hmm. And we've never had those words. So if we don't have the words to describe something, then we can't ask for it. And our partners have no idea what it is that we need. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's uh, and we've been pretty mute. You know, we've been mute not only to our needs, but being able to kind of express anything you know because nice girls don't we've been told mm -hmm. that's not what you not, nice girls don't do that whereas you know i'm saying yes we do <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, yeah yeah well if, and, and that's the whole that that's the whole key of being in tune with your own sexuality and what you're comfortable and confident with but but mm -hmm. as you said that that is a tough thing to and here's the thing and and i'll i'll double back and and pick on men for a minute because I, I think men perpetuate this because that that whole saying of I want I want a slut in the bedroom and a and a wife in the kitchen. I don't know what that saying I I don't know the exact saying, but you know what I'm talking about. And it's just like that mm. that dual expectation that well I want you one way, but the other way I don't want that. I want something different. And right. and, and that expectation is not yeah. fair for women. 
So speaking of picking it, on men real quick, yeah. uh, Alan Benson just popped yeah. in. He said, hey, gents, congrats on just about reaching 100 episodes and more. Oh, Alan, thanks for checking yeah. in. Alan's our every time listener. Yeah. He's, Can't wait he's, to pick up a copy. He's my you know? number one fan. Yeah. <laughs> in a Kathy Bates him, kind yeah, of way? I'm going to start yeah. calling him uh, Alan Wilkes. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Alan. So I'm sorry, Kaz, go. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, just picking up on what, on what you're saying yeah. there, and it's very interesting when you think about you know, when people talk about a slut, I mean, what is a slut? You know, I often, when, when people kind of said, say that, oh, so really, you know, that's what I want. I want a, you know, I, I want to be able to be a slut in the bedroom or I want a slut in the bedroom and then to be a lady everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, well, you know, does that, does that suggest that you can't be a lady and be sexual? And actually, what is the mm-hmm. definition of a slut? You know, when I start to kind of question all of this, people start to, you know, it's just, these terms that have been kind of thrown around really for, for a long, long time. Absolutely. You know, and when we, and interestingly, I'll often get men in who I work with men and women who have got a fetish. Mm -hmm. I had somebody, you know, just, just yesterday that said, I need to get rid of this fetish because um, the reason why I need to do this is because no decent woman who I might want to marry would, would be up for doing this. So the idea is, is that, you know, if you're a decent woman, then you you, you don't want, you know, then you, you're very kind of almost prudish, which is ridiculous, isn't it, you know? Right. And I'm like, well, actually, you might find that there's plenty of women that are truly decent, intelligent, amazing, strong women who actually would be up for this. Yes. But you need to change your attitude about that. And he was kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, but see, but that's the, but and, and this is this is where the the how how uh, of course that I I'll call it a failure. I don't know if it's societal, parental, but men having specific expectations based on a lot of things. But it, it, it's almost like for they're willing to do this with a stranger, but not their own partner or their spouse, which just seems oh, oh, totally contradictory. Yeah. Contradictory there. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I'm interrupting you there. Or actually, it's what they're not willing to ask for it. So actually, what it tells you is that they have shame. Yes, they have shame yes. about the things yes. that they want. So hmm. everybody's in this place of shame. And actually, mm-hmm. when I'm working with couples, and a lot of the men that I work with, you know, men get a pretty bad rap, you know, yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, Throughout history, you know, men were responsible a lot of for this, this kind of the controlling of female sexuality. But they aren't the men of today. They were the men of yesteryear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now we're all in the position where we've all got misinformation. So we need to re-educate everybody. You know, most of the men that I see and work with want nothing more than to have a great connection with their partners. Mm-hmm. And they want nothing more than their women to be happy and pleased and pleasured and fulfilled. And, you know, it's this kind of, you know, they're, you know, men are fed just as much crap as we are. Mm. They're being told they should be a particular way. We're being told we should be a particular way. And, you know, so this stuff affects men too. And it's Mm -hmm. not, you know, it's very easy to kind of hold the men to account. But actually, their years years gone dead, you know. And, you know, the men of today generally... you know most men are good people and good humans and want nothing more than to share a connecting experience and we're just all being given 
crap information, basically. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Kaz, um, uh, hold on because we're going to uh, – we're almost out of time, but we're going to continue our next session. Kaz is going to be back with us for our next episode. So stay Fun. tuned. If you're listening live on Facebook, just st- stay right where you're at. Yeah, we're don't go, go anywhere. Back. If you're listening to the podcast, we're going to have part two on the next podcast. Um, so, yeah, stay with us. Um, Kaz is going to be back, and we're going to talk about um, – more we'll about her book. More, more about sex. More about her book. Woohoo! Part, part two. Excellent. All right, folks. Uh, we will see you next time. Uh, change your thinking. Change your life. Laugh hard. Run fast. Be kind. We'll see you next time.